Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I'm Tom Cliff, creator of the world famous online stand up bingo, which started out its life at Northampton Town Football Club. Join me every Saturday at 2.15pm on the Cafe Track Facebook page for your chance to be crowned stand up bingo champion of the world. Every ticket purchased goes towards keeping Cafe Track and Track NN, a social enterprise dedicated to helping people to access work experience and hopefully employment. Buy your ticket now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Cafe Track. Make sure you leave your chosen 15 numbers between 1 and 90 in the comment section and then play along live on the Saturday afternoons before the Cobblers game. So go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track now and get your ticket for the world famous stand up bingo. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! We only bloody won a game. I don't even know what that actually means anymore. Danny's here. He'll hopefully tell me. How are you, Danny? You all right? <laughs> I'm good. I'm still in a bit of shock 24 hours later. Just, I'd forgot <laughs> what that felt like. like. <laughs> I'm, I'm a blur of excitement and happiness today. It's been absolutely ridiculous uh hello welcome to it's all cobblers to me my name's charles that was danny that you've just heard this is the preview show coming up a little bit later on uh, we've got a portsmouth fan to come and talk all things about pompey and what's going to happen at the weekend obviously the cobblers are now on a roll so it's going to be brilliant <laughs> for us and he's going to have a terrible time but uh, you, can you see how over the top this goes, Danny? It's a roll, is it? One game <laughs> all year. <laughs> this is it. And this is the peak. This is a roll. It's, it's, it's... 
this is it. This is the way that we roll round from from now on until Saturday at five o'clock when we're back in the doldrums yeah, of yeah. despair. <laughs> well, look, let's get straight into it. Let's talk about the game on Tuesday night, Plymouth at home. Um, I, I mean, in fairness, we always do quite well against Plymouth at home, don't we? Yeah, it's a weird one. Not even last season they finished above us, and they whenever they generally seem to finish above us, they. They don't seem to click at Sixfields for whatever reason. Like we beat them quite comfortably last season, I think, at the start of the season. Um, we've always seemed to do all right against them. So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but I'm going to take it because we can't take anything else right now. We've, oh, we've, absolutely. Uh, we've got it in, yeah. Because I didn't see Saturday's game. I didn't watch the Swindon game, like, you know, <laughs> Charles. And I just, you. So all I've got to go on is your comments in the Slack and Twitter and the podcast you did on um that came out on Tuesday and <laughs> it was just so depressing listening to it. Just like, yeah, season's over. I would literally given up hope. I was like, that's it now. I can't see who, what, where, how are we going to get out of it? There's, there's no way back. And then they have to give, go and give us a bit of hope, don't they? They have to go and win a game to actually get us all back hoping again. Um, well, this is it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. So I was in charge of the, the, the Twitter account on Saturday um, because you were elsewhere um, at the time and not watching or listening to it, which was actually the better option. Well done, you. Um, but the end of the the end of the game, full time whistle went, and I literally just tweeted out the word "relegated." Full stop. Yeah, I'm pretty and- sure you said something like, "I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to hear from John Brady. I don't want to hear from any of the players." Yeah, <laughs> that's basically. it. I was like, "Oh, this ain't gone well." <laughs> yeah, it, it it wasn't at all good or pretty, and it was just. Yeah, it was horrible. And then obviously now we're sort of like, I mean, look, at the start of the podcast, we're all excited. We're all happy. I mean, I I will caveat it. I am going to talk a little bit about how maybe it's not quite as good as I've just got excited about. But uh, I, I do think that, you know, it's worth taking these moments, no matter how they come. Um, you know, off Pat Gavin's ass, or, you know, Bayo with a storming header, doesn't matter. You, they all mean exactly the same, which is three points at the end of the day. And it's worth, especially this year, yeah. <laughs> 2021, <laughs> you know, they don't come along that often, those three points, do they? No, it means we've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning to enjoy it as well. Like, we've got a few days. And like, I think you're right. You've just got to sit back and enjoy it and see that glimmer of hope in there rather than until Saturday kicks off. Um so, I mean, this is the preview show, so we, we will be talking about Saturday, but I think uh, it is worth just just enjoying it and enjoying us winning a game for once. Absolutely. I mean, what, what do you think? I know you didn't watch Saturday's game, Danny, mm-hmm. but what, what do you think changed? Did you see much of a difference between what we watched last night and the last game you watched, which would have been Rochdale, I think, last Tuesday? Last Tuesday, I mean, yeah, that was just as dreadful as Saturday it sounded like. And it was, I mean, it's annoying because... You would prefer three points against Rochdale or Swindon rather than against Plymouth, really, in terms mm. of taking points off other teams as well. Six-pointer. Um, Six-pointer, exactly. Um, but it just seemed to be, he came out on Saturday afternoon, didn't he, after the match, and just said, like, that's it, like, enough's enough now. Like, they all know in there that enough's enough. And something had to have been said between then and Tuesday that that you either mm. sink or you swim and they seem to have come out fighting on Tuesday. And that's, that's the one word you take from it. They were, they were fighting for it and they were determined the whole game. There was a much more sense of togetherness about the team. I thought 
like when we scored a goal, yeah. everyone rushing over to each other and and you know celebrating with each other, and it's just little things like that. And they were fighting like the defense, the back five. We've been on Mitchell's back for pretty much the whole season, especially in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. What a performance that was from Mitchell! He made a save quite early on, and everyone was going great yeah. save. But I was still grumpy from Saturday's goals, and I was like, "No, not but no, do something else for me, Jonathan. Come on!" <laughs> and he did. To be fair to him, and the back full, horseful, different player, a completely different player. The last few weeks, even, like, I don't think it's probably fair to throw him into the the rest of the performances because I, I feel like he's properly come out under Brady and showed so much more than we've seen before. He's puffed out his chest, and he, he even physically looks different. He looks like, he, for some reason, he just looks more ready for games and more like, right, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and play now. Like, I'm going to go and show him. Um, Lloyd-Jones as well, one of the best performances put in for us. Like, the entire back four is a solid. Mills, Kyoso, just really quality against a decent team, it has to be said as well. So, and, Absolutely. You know, I mean, we'll, I, we'll, I, we'll come on to our favourite man at the moment as well in, in a bit, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I wrote down four names for this preview to yep. talk about from uh, from Tuesday night's games. And you've already mentioned two of them uh, in Mitchell and Horsfall. I'll, I'll very quickly say uh, exactly the same as you with Mitchell. I was just like, send him back to Derby. I, I don't want to see him again. Go away. Yep. But he then put in a great performance. I mean, look, there is still quite a lot that isn't perfect with him. But... At the end of the day, the saves that he made were tremendous to keep it at nil-nil. And then late on, when we were 2 nil up already, um, that that one with his almost, uh, do I say this? Almost Shilton-esque. And what I mean by that is that it came off of like his wrist to go up and wide. So yeah. a little bit like that. Um, I, I don't know. It's... Um, it, 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 yeah, he's not quite changed my mind completely. But he's... He had a good game, so I'll, I'll go with that. Horsfall, I can't give him any more credit. I will I will say this. I agree with what you're saying. When he when he came to the Cobblers at the beginning of the season, he looked like a bit of a young a boy, if you like. Mm-hmm. And now he seems to be a man. So corny. But it's how <laughs> it looked last night. He looked like he was a player that knew what he was meant to do and how to do it. And he did it really, really well. The other two names yeah, that I looked, put down... He looked a bit scared, didn't he, I thought, at the start of the season. He looked a bit... At the probably start, was yeah. Playing next to, net, playing next to Bolger probably does that to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, Absolutely. He looks a little bit scared and rabbit in the headlights, but it's, yeah, like I said, he's properly coming on now. Yeah, the, so the other two names, um, Sowerby, I thought he had a great game. I, I, I thought there was that, that particular moment, I think in the second half where he picked the ball up inside our own 18-yard box and dribbled it out all the way up to the halfway line without any issue and looking like he was really comfortable. He looked like a League One quality player because normally watching League Two football with Northampton and also League One football with Northampton for the last six to eight months, that would have simply been a hoof it as far as you can. But to see him take a touch and then take another touch you know, take it round, I think, two players inside our own penalty area and then just keep going before he then found a pass to to get us on the attack again was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, again, another one of his best performances, I think, from uh, in the Cobbler's shirt. 
and I, the fourth person we have to talk about him. I mean, he just can't stop scoring. It's it's Ryan Watson. He's a what changed oh. man. What oh. it's, it's amazing, isn't it? He just I was saying this on the on the WhatsApp last night. I was when you actually look at at his achievements and like his part of that twenty sixteen squad for a little bit at the start of the season before we went back in January alone. He's got a goal at Wembley. He may well end up this season as the top scorer and potentially player of the year as well because there's not many stand I was looking through the team I was like who else could you say is player of the season and he's got to be up mm. there and like at what point do we start throwing out legendary status on him and it feels really weird to say that about Ryan Watson and I don't know why I don't know why it's so difficult to say that about him but it, that <laughs> he just he just pops up with these moments you know think He's he's been in this. He's done in that. He scored at Wembley, and now now he's like scoring all these great goals, and he's coming. He's almost reborn in a way. He just looks uh, like he wants to be the driving force yeah. in the attack. For shackles the team. are off. Isn't he? Yeah, are off absolutely. And I just I don't know. I don't know whether you saw the 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 little videos that went out on the the club's Instagram and, and Twitter <laughs> of you know short, them walking back into the changing rooms and Sean McWilliams just behind yeah. <laughs> pointing at him as if to sort of say all him he was he know. was mocking him on Instagram as well when he was holding up his two fingers to say how many goals and things like that <laughs> and yeah, it's things that, like that that's that good to good. see as well that you don't see we haven't been seen enough of that a bit more camaraderie about the team Bit more camembert, yeah. Camembert, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, look, we've got to look forward. I mean, there is a, there's so much that we could have actually talked about in regards to that. not just that game, but we also signed another player. Um, not that we got to see him come onto the pitch, so we'll leave that for next week. Alex Jones, you'll get your moment. Maybe it will come against Portsmouth on Saturday. And speaking of Portsmouth, joining us from the PO forecast is uh, Sam Stone. Hi, Sam. How are you? Good evening, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm really well and looking forward to having a chat about Pompey uh, at the weekend. You probably caught me at a bit of a bad time after last night's game, but uh, hopefully I can try and get a bit more positive. Yeah, it's, it's normally the opposition fan having to console us. Yeah. But the roles seem to have been reversed this week. A 2-1 two, two, one, two, one defeat to Doncaster, wasn't it, last night? Yeah, um, and to two one, it just really doesn't show the, how the game actually was. Um, Doncaster were miles ahead of Pompey, and that's a Doncaster team that's coming off quite a poor run of form as well, and just losing their manager. Um, Pompey going there on Tuesday, you would have thought they could have made a maybe taken advantage of it, but it was just Pompey never had a. We had a one opportunity in the first kind of thirty seconds. Apart from that, we really didn't create anything, and. James Coppinger was just kind of taking the mick, to be honest. It was just, it was embarrassing for Pompey. And, and they got a goal at the very end and we nearly actually nicked it at equaliser, which would have been the most undeserved point I've probably ever seen. But they just, they managed to clear it on the line. So yeah, it, it was not a good day at the office. Um, and they'll definitely be looking to try and put it right on Saturday. I, I, the one thing that I did see about your game last night, and it, it wasn't the actual game itself, unfortunately. Uh, it was it was your lovely manager, who I've got a lot of time for, a lot of respect for. <laughs> what was it, Daddy? He said, "If you're going to uh, lose, that's the way to do it. Good way to lose. Good way to lose. I mean, come <laughs> off of it. There is never a good way to lose. I don't care who you are." 
Crikey. I mean, it's quite, if that was my like that coming, isn't it? <laughs> it is. If that was our manager, I'd have gone ballistic. So, go on, Sam. How did it make you feel hearing your manager say that? Um, the thing is, this isn't the first time Kenny Jackett's come out with some some just questionable comments, and, and I'll get. I'm going to get onto him later on because he's obviously a big talking point with Pompey. But yeah, to to come out and say that it just it's almost as taking the fans as, as idiots, and like a lot of fans are saying, like the, the the people higher up in the club have to look at what he says. Coming out and saying it's a good way to lose with a, he had a smile on his face. <laughs> it just it beggars belief, and 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 you can't. I see a lot of people saying, you know, Pompey are in fifth position. Why are the fans moaning? But it's it's his decision making. It's it's comments like this. It's kind of us standing still while other clubs are progressing. They've clubs have come into this league and. You know, Wickham got promoted. Coventry came up with us. Uh, Luton mm. got promoted after us and now they're established in the championship. And all, all that time we've had Kenny Jacket in charge and we've just been stood still. And it, and it is, it's what gets it's what gets on fans' nerves. And those comments just make it worse. It's almost like he... I don't know if he's doing... Some some fans are actually thinking he's on a wind-up when he comes out and says stuff like that. I'm sure you saw it all over Twitter last night. But he, he can't be serious when he comes out with comments like that. It's one of those, though. I mean, you make a very, very good point in in terms of you've had Kenny Jacket now for a number of seasons, and you've watched other teams, you know, go past you. Essentially, you mentioned Coventry, who went up with you at the same time, and and they've already gone up to the championship and 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 have gone past where you are. I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about a lot for the last season, well, probably the last five years, isn't it, Danny? We've had about 700 managers in that time. Um, and, and one of the things that we've said before has been, well, maybe if we just got a manager and gave him some time to actually, you know, properly create a team and to, uh, what was Keith's favourite word towards the end that he wanted to do? Evolve the team. And, you know, keep making changes, slight tweaks to improve and improve. I mean, Kenny Jackett and what you've just said, Sam, obviously, you know, shows that it doesn't necessarily bring you the success that you want as a fan, having that stability. Um, I, I personally, obviously, after his third, after last season, the playoffs, defeat to Oxford, you know, some fans were calling for his head then. I, I do agree that, at this day and age, managers get sacked too quickly and sometimes sticking with a manager for a little bit longer, trying to build and, and give him some kind of, give him some trust, it does really help. Hmm. But Kenny Jackett's had, this is his fourth season now and he's, he's in the final year of his contract and Portsmouth on the pitch have actually, we've gone backwards in, personally, I think we've gone backwards from when we got promoted under Paul Cook. Um, I think you'll remember when we played, we the, the the season you won the league, we finished in the playoffs in League Two. Mm-hmm. The season after we won the league and went up, that team then, a lot of a lot of fans think that team is actually better than this team we've got now. We've right. we just seem to be standing still on the pitch. Um, but then again, when we got taken over, we got taken over by the Eisners uh, in twenty seventeen. They must be mm-hmm. this must be their fourth year now. We got taken over by the Eisners, who are some American billionaires. They own, they're involved with Disney, um, good businessmen. Mm. They sold the club on the premise that you know they're going to build off the pitch first, get the club ready for the championship, you know, and then eventually we'll go up into the championship. So if you're looking at it like that, we are kind of we're not 
they're doing what they said. They're, they're building off the pitch first. They're getting us ready. It's just very frustrating, as I said, when you've got teams like Luton, Coventry, Lincoln this season as well, playing expansive, progressive football. And mm. we just seem to be, we just seem to be lagging behind. We seem to be a little bit old fashioned. But when we, I mean, it does work because we are fifth. Every now and then we'll put in a really good performance and, you know, we'll, what we do does work and we're good at it. But it just feels like we could be more consistent, be more expansive, be more exciting to get the fans excited. Am I right in saying that his contract's up in the summer, Jacket? Yeah, so this is his final year. Um, yeah. a, lot, a lot of fans after the Oxford kind of defeat, the shambles last season, where he um, he ended up, he dropped Tom Naylor, uh, who's our literally our main player in the mid, middle of midfield, centre-defensive midfielder. He's been superb for us. He dropped him and he replaced him with Brim Morris, who you're very familiar with, who has played mm-hmm. about, he played about two games that season. Um, and he also dropped the keeper as well. And the keeper, uh, there's, there's some statistics out about our keeper being one of the best in the league this season. And he dropped him for the playoff games. And it was just, after that, people thought, you know what, this might be the final straw. But the ownership come out, they said he's in the final year of his contract. And given the whole circumstances around fans not being at stadiums, it did make sense not to not to sack him because he would have had to pay him off. So obviously mm-hmm. they're, they're good businessmen. They, they thought, you know what, we'll give him this season. It's almost like a make or break. It's kind of coming to the climax. We've got a lot of players out of contract in the summer. So it is a very make or break season for Kenny Jacket at Pompey. Does that transfer to the way that you feel as a as a fan though, Sam, in terms of like, so would he have to get you promoted this season to warrant a renewal to his contract in the summer? Well, this is this is the question that kind of, it flies around most Pompey fans at the moment and everyone's asking it is, a lot of Pompey fans think for the long term, maybe going up isn't a good thing because we all think that if we does go up, we do go up, I think he would get his contract renewed. However, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's good for the long-term future of the club because a lot of fans are disillusioned with the whole what is going on at the moment because the style of play, his comments, his bizarre decision-making, and it's just making a lot of people apathetic about the whole situation. If we didn't go up, you'd like to think he wouldn't get his contract renewed and then we could maybe start again, bring in someone afresh. But as I've just said, we've had four years in League One and it just feels like we've gone nowhere. It, you know, we've we've come close to promotion, but ultimately that he was brought in to get us promoted, and he hasn't quite done that. I mean, well, he, I mean, he is a name, isn't he, in terms of a manager that w- does do well at this level. It's not as though he is somebody that that came in fresh from I don't know, you know, being being an up and coming manager when when he took over at Fratton Park. He is a he is a manager that is known for doing really good things. I mean, I, look, I, I, I don't want to sort of go and play tit for tat with this because, you know, obviously it would be different. If we were fifth, then obviously we'd be rejoicing, you know, and loving yeah. it. But for a, for a club like yourselves with Portsmouth, who are a big name in English football, um, you know, that, that maybe isn't quite uh, as good. I mean, obviously... A lot of people will go back and will remember Portsmouth as being a you know Premier League club, um, and then obviously what happened, the FA Cup win, and, and Harry Redknapp, and all of that stuff. I mean, I've asked. I remember asking our Wigan fan this exact same question, which is that 
when you've got a history where the majority of people, you know, that, that look back and think about football, they usually will go and say, right, okay, well, Man United are the biggest club in England historically at this, you know, generation, if you like. Um, they, they'll turn around and they'll they'll also go, there are certain clubs that should be Premier League or in their head are still Premier League. So the likes of Portsmouth and Wigan, um, Norwich to an extent, maybe. Um you're a fan of Portsmouth and obviously you fell all the way down to, to League Two. I mean, where do you actually picture Portsmouth as a football club? Where should you be in the football pyramid? Um, I think we're a championship club, um, to be honest. We were in the Premier League for a, I think it was like seven or eight years uh, mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. I don't necessarily think we, deserve, we have a divine right to be in the Premier League, but I do think our fan base deserves championship football uh, after I'm not saying it's after what we've been through but you know we've been in the lower leagues now for nearly this is nearly eight years How many, four, yeah this is eight our eighth year in league one and two so I do think we're a championship sized club we've got the potential if we have the right infrastructure the right playing staff to push on to become a more successful championship club if say we went up this season I think the uh uh, the expectation of the Pompey faithful would be more inclined to kind of staying up in the championship. It, it, mm-hmm. As you mentioned, though, it is all it is all relative because it's. It, I do feel a bit embarrassed sometimes because obviously, as get a lot of Pompey fans moaning about Kenny Jacket, and you know we're fifth in the league. You can't you can't sack someone if you're fifth in the league. But our ambitions were are to get promoted automatically at the start of the season with the squad we had. We should have been trying to get those automatic spots, and that that's just not going to happen at the moment. So it is kind of all relative where the club's ambitions are, where the fan, what the fans expect of a team. And quite frankly, at the moment, the fans just are expecting a lot more than what is being delivered because um, at the moment, it looks like we're just going to drop out of the playoffs with our current form. I mean, uh, just to just to make you feel a little bit better, you aren't alone because obviously Sunderland sacked their manager, sacked Phil Parkinson and Lee Johnson took over. Um, more recently than that, Ipswich have sacked Paul Lambert in the last week and Paul Cook has taken over. I mean, Ipswich yeah. is seventh. That you hurts, know, that one hurts. <laughs> really you know, hurts. It, it's, they're, they're, they're teams that are around you. I mean, Sunderland are fourth at the moment, you're fifth, Ipswich are seventh. So I, I, I appreciate what you're saying. You can't sack a manager when you're fifth, but actually, well, Ipswich have done it and their their aims will have been pretty much the same as yours this season. Yeah, well, I was actually going to mention those two earlier because that's why a lot of people are saying, you know, they've changed their manager. They, Ipswich, I think that's a fantastic appointment for them. And if they don't go out this year, I think they'll win the league next year. I just think mm. Paul Cook's such a good manager. And he, he, he worked wonders with Pompey and he was just so entertaining. I absolutely loved him. Um, and obviously Sunderland as well, they, they made the change and, and they've got a bounce out of it. And if they don't go out this season, they'll be a force next season. But no... I do think that if I don't know how long, how much they've got to pay or pay off Kenny Jacket to get him get his to sack him because I know that was a lot of talk last season that he had quite a bit to big payoff, but obviously mm. that would be that would be smaller now. Um, so yeah, a lot of fans are saying if they got rid of him and just got anyone in new just to give just to the end of the season just to get a bounce, you know that kind of new manager bounce that you mm-hmm. sometimes see, just to get the side playing, get them into some form because. This does happen quite often with Pompey. It happened last season. We go on like 
dips in form that really do cost us towards the end of the season. Um, but at the moment, it just I can't see how he's going to turn it round. Is the is the pizza cup some sort of distraction or like deflecting things? Any or do you just not care about it enough? Because you seem to what were you in the you won it two years ago and you were in the final last year and you were in the final again. Is that right? No, does that kind of um, just deflect the league form or do you, do you just not bother? Well, in the first season, well, we haven't up until this season because we got knocked out by Peterborough. Um, he, we hadn't lost in that get that competition for near on two years, mm. and it, it was get we got to the final. We had a great day out at Wembley when we beat Sunderland. That was honestly one of the best days at football I've ever had, and it was in the <laughs> the paint pot trophy final. But it was amazing. But it it did cost us towards the end of the season with players getting fatigued in the playoffs, and it really did cost us. Mm. So. I'd like to. We this season he was he played a much weaker team in it, but last season he was playing a very strong side, and we were kind of questioning it because you're like promotion is ultimately the goal, and Jacket was playing a very strong side in this competition that no one really cared about. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot of a lot of uh, Jacket fans. They say you know he's got a very good win percentage. But a lot of those wins have come in that cup, so <laughs> it has. To, it does have to kind of be. You have to. You have to weigh it up. But yeah, for this season, yeah. he, he threw it, so it, it didn't really matter. But yeah, last season it really did affect us. So you're playing. Is it, is it right that I'm saying you're playing last season's final the day before this season's final? Because it's not. Yeah, it's it's on the eighth yeah, or ninth. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so crazy, they, I, I don't really understand it to be honest. It, it's not a game we need, and then we I think yeah. we're playing we're playing Sunderland like three or four days later. So it's just a fixture we didn't need. Yeah, that just feels ridiculous. But yeah. hey ho, this is English football. It is ridiculous, especially at the moment. Um, one of the things that I, I've always thought with with Portsmouth is that there are some brilliant games head to head that that we've had against each other in my living memory. Now, in fairness, up until the 2000s, we'd not met for 20 years. So these games probably stick in my head um, just for simply thinking that you were a big club, maybe, and we got to play you. Uh, The first one that comes into my memory here is we played you in the League Cup down at Fratton Park, which was the first game we played uh, you in for, well, since 1980. Um, It was in the League Cup, you thrashed us 5-2. Um, that just sits in my memory. I don't know whether you remember that one at all, Danny. I, I, I've just got an image of Samo wearing a white away shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my... All I remember of, of Samo um, is is the Borough one, so anything else is just wiped from my memory. I can't, I can't think <laughs> of anything enough. else. <laughs> and dancing on the pitch at Wembley. But, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to remember if... Uh, if we can actually see who actually scored our goals. What are we talking um, about again, sorry? So this is 2003 in the League Cup. So Portsmouth 5, Cobblers 2. Oh, Chris no, I Hargreaves do remember that. And Laurie yeah. Dudfield yeah, scored yeah, yeah. our goals. No, because that was the week um, I moved to uni. That's why I don't remember it. <laughs> so oh, right. I actually oh, okay, went to then. the game, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I haven't remember uh, anything of it. Um, just, but, just for you, Sam, your goals were scored by Tim Sherwood, Jason yeah. Roberts, and Matt Taylor. Uh, oh, well, and Jason Roberts and Tim Sherwood again. So, uh, you know. Tim Sherwood. There's a, there's a starting 11 for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
obviously the other game that springs to mind immediately whenever anybody says Portsmouth to a Cobblers fan is going to be the last day of the season, 2016. Um, we were already champions. We didn't really care. We came out of party and we beat you 2-1. Yeah, I, I do remember that game. Who scored your goal? Someone, you had your striker who was really prolific that year. He scored a load of goals. James Collins. <laughs> James, James Collins, Collins, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think Naismith scored for us, didn't he? He scored a he did, yeah. quite a long way out, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, that was a bit that game was kind of a bit of a dead rubber, had really nothing on it. I think we were already in the playoffs, weren't we? But yeah, that mm-hmm. that's whatever game I remember from Northampton would be when we were in League Two, a few half oh, this must have been when we were really bad in League Two and I think we were in a bit of a relegation battle. And we, it was towards the end of the season. I think we won 1-0. Um, yeah, Danny, yeah, April 2014, yeah. Danny East scored a header. But that, 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 was after, that was after us being really, really bad. I think we sat to manager and we just had a little bit of a bounce towards the end of the season. But yeah, and, and then that, those are the games that come to mind when I think of Northampton. It's strange, isn't it, how you kind of always think... I mean, there are certain clubs where, and you'll probably be the same with it, Sam, where where there's so many times that you've played them and there's never anything major that has ever happened between the two clubs. I mean, Exeter were one of those clubs up until the end of last season for me, Danny. I don't know about you, but they were kind of like, yeah, we faced them loads of times, but there's not one moment that really sticks out. Uh, or I, I say up until last season, up until the last kind of few three or four years, because obviously we we won promotion. Was it was it promotion confirmed? What, that nil nil draw, uh, the championship. Exeter, thing, that was the championship yeah. win, uh, and then obviously Wembley. But there are plenty of other teams that you just kind of go, yeah, that, that there's there's nothing there that springs to mind, and it's probably the same for you with with a team like us. Because there isn't a huge amount of history between the two uh, two clubs, there's, there's certainly no real rivalry there whatsoever. I mean, do you being in league? Well, you've been in league two as well, but you know you're playing clubs like us who are perennial, you know, bottom fodder, if you like, for down here. <laughs> um, do you look at us and just go, well, three points? Not going to even uh, think about it. Um. Not at the moment, I don't think that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it depends what type of form we're in. I mean, we played you early in the season, and mm. we were on a we were on a decent run of form, and it just felt very. It just you kind of you, you turn on I follow, you get there, you watch the TV, and you just you just kind of feel that Pompey are just going to maybe not play too well, but just have a little bit too much quality. And I think mm. in the in the end, I can't remember. Was it three? It might have been Four three. Now. Four. Four I remember Ronan Curtis scored a really nice goal, but like you kind of just feel that against those teams, sometimes we do just turn up and play really well, especially at home against weaker teams. We do tend to do that, um, but mm. not necessarily. I, I, I don't look at Saturday's game and think, do you know what, Pompey going to turn up and, and roll them over because we don't really do that, <laughs> especially this season at the moment. Um, so no, not necessarily. Not, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I mean, that's good to hear. In fairness, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, just going and looking at your last sort of few results here. Obviously, we we talked about the fact that you lost uh, against Doncaster on Tuesday. Uh, before that, one or draw at home to Gillingham. You beat Oxford, but then, and I mean, these are the. I, I mean, two of these results really stick out 
for me. Um, one more than the other. Uh, Blackpool beat you at home. I mean, Blackpool are doing better now than they were at the start of the season. So maybe that's not such a big result. But Bristol Rovers three, Portsmouth one. Yeah, that is to me that's a huge anom- anomaly in your results this season. Yeah, especially because it was away from home and and at home is where our biggest problems have lied. And that game, we t- we started really well. Mark Chris got a goal. And then I think Bristol Rovers had just sat their manager. They just sacked Tisdale and they had the caretaker in and they were just pumping balls long to, um, I think, uh, John Ayunga, I think it's Ayunga. He used to play for Haven and Waterlooville. And yeah. he, just bu- mm-hmm. he, just, he just bullied our two centre-halves. And I don't think we were necessarily expecting it because... They went very direct. Every they just tried to swip, uh, turn it over straight away, get the ball forward as fast as they could. But obviously, under Tisdale, they're very, a little bit more progressive. Tried to pass the ball a little bit more. I just don't think we were expecting it. And there was an element of I didn't necessarily think Pompey were going to go there and, and win easily, but it felt like the players thought that the players, mm-hmm. especially when Mark was scored the, the first goal, it felt like the players thought, you know what, our waveform's good. Raggett and Raggett, Nicolasson and Watmore are just going to absorb all their pressure, head all the balls out from crosses, and it's just going to be an, another kind of vintage one nil away win to add to Kenny Jackett's win percentage. But it just it just didn't pan out like that, and we just got bullied. We made mistakes. The three goals we conceded were really really poor, and yeah, it was a bit of an anomaly because then going Bristol Rovers going and went and lost their next game. So, I mean, it was a really disappointing one, and if if we do miss out whether it be in the playoffs or the automatics at the end of the season, that result in particular will stick out as one that's really, really cost us. Um, the Blackpool game, I Blackpool were trying to, they came to draw and ended up winning, um, essentially. It, it was one of them where they literally just parked the bus. Um, Pompey didn't really create much and then they just got us on the counter-attack. They were very content with the point. But yeah, it would, though that Bristol Rovers game will be the one that I've got a feeling will come back to bite us. Sounds, Danny, like it would have been a, a, a game for Keith Curls. I was just of thinking football. that because that was that four <laughs> nil away defeat was the one where he tried to he tried his one time when he tried to have possession, wasn't it? And he came out with yeah. higher possession than the opposition for the first time in years, and we'd lost four nil, and so he went back to his usual lump ball. Um, so that concerns me a little bit because now John Brady's trying to play a little bit more passing football. Um, it's a little bit more in your face and pressing. So. That does worry me a little bit, but it can't get much worse than 4 0, I guess, can it? Cut well, to Saturday. <laughs> well, 7 0. Yeah, 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 7. That, that would definitely be worse. Though, um, uh, Key and Bolger played in that game, so. Yeah. Are, you, are you putting the whole of our problems on Key and Bolger's shoulders? That's uh, very unfair of you, Danny. Uh, I'm not, no. Um, Joe Martin came off the bench as well, so. Oh, right. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> We could do that because Joe's no longer at the club. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> um, uh, before we actually get to this Saturday's game, Sam, one of the things that I, I, I kind of feel like I have to talk to you about because of the fact that I don't think I've, I've managed to speak to a Portsmouth fan on the podcast before, but it is the issue of football finance. And obviously, Portsmouth probably know better than anybody um, about how bad it can get without becoming a berry. So obviously you did have your struggles and you've got all the way down to League Two, but then your supporters' trust took over the running of the club. Can you just just tell us about that period and how it actually 
how it worked for you in regards to having fan ownership? Yeah, so it was trying to think when it was the it was in two when we just got relegated from League One. Obviously, we had some more dodgy owners, and the club was at risk of going bust again. The supporters' club kind of <laughs> I've got a bit of a story. So my dad, me and my dad, we both went. They were selling shares for a thousand pound. So my dad and I, we both put in five hundred pound, and we we bought a share. Um, but my dad didn't tell my mum that, <laughs> so um, she got she, she got a, she got a letter through the door one day, picked it up, and she went, "Hang on, when when have I bought a share in Portsmouth Football Club?" So we we, we quick, quick yeah quickly grabbed it off her, and we didn't say anything. But yeah, she wasn't happy. So yeah, uh, we a load of a load of fans did that. They all kind of put their money in, um, and then some more than others. Some of the fans put in higher stakes, if you like. Um, but we've all got like on on the if you ever come down come down to Fratton Park again on the north stand there's a a wall and on that wall there's like bricks of everyone who bought a share to save the club right so it's it's quite cool like our names are on there somewhere um, so yeah that happens the supporters club brought us the uh, the, the trust bought the club out um, and we've kind of since then obviously the the big issue the bit the main kind of sticking point was when we sold out to these American owners um because mm. a lot of a lot of us kind of there was a big thing about how far can the club progress you know under fan ownership because ultimately <laughs> when you get to the championship <laughs> there's a lot of very rich owners trying to bank <laughs> all their clubs to the premier league and get that elusive mm. that elusive thing that is is the premier league so then when they came in they gave a pitch and they said exactly what they're going to do um and my dad and I, we both thought, do you know what? It makes sense for the club to do this because ultimately, their own. I do think you can only get so far under fan ownership, and the the trust all vote. It was, I think, it was a unanimous vote to vote for um to to allow the the takeover to happen. Um, mm. We've got a very good CEO, Mark Catlin, who who gets a fair bit of stick at the moment. Obviously, with with Jacket being in charge, and 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 I think the owners get a lot of stick as well. But I don't necessarily think it's fair. I think we're very well at the moment. We're a well-run club, financially stable, especially at the like with the amount of money you're lo- we're losing. Clubs are losing at the moment through throughout having gate receipts. We're very lucky to have these owners, and 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 it, and it's just the, the bits on the pitch that maybe aren't going the way at the moment. But for I think it was the right decision for for the the trust to sell out when they did, because I do think we will be a championship club. It just might not be as soon as we all thought it was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, how did it work when you were an owner or, you know, a shareholder in in the club? How how did it actually work? What did that actually mean to you and your dad as a as a shareholder? Um because the thing that, you know, it's one of those things that is talked about an awful lot probably at every single club uh, at the moment. But one of the things that I keep having in my head is that okay, so you'd ha- you'd, you'd have a share but what would that actually give me if I bought a share in the club? Because right now I could potentially go and buy one share and it really wouldn't mean jot other than I've given the club some money. And I might as well do that by buying a season ticket. Yeah. Um, I think at the time it was more of a thing where if <laughs> I think it's more of like a, a principal thing, I don't necessarily think it was, you know, any, <laughs> we weren't doing it to make any financial kind of gain. It was purely mm-hmm. to, it was purely for 
my dad and I both to go, do you know what? We we love this club. I don't want it to die. At least we're doing mm. it, it, it. If if I hadn't put the money in and the club had died, I wouldn't necessarily feel like it was me responsible, but it just feels like it's a bit of principle. You know, we all love our football clubs. You don't want them to, to go to the wall. And, and I think it's quite cool as well. Like we've got a certificate at home that says like you owned a share in Portsmouth football club. You helped save the club. And I, I don't necessarily think you can you can get there or buy there any buy that anywhere else. I, I just think it's a nice thing to have, and, and that was that was the main kind of thinking behind it. It was a, it was once kind of it was op- one opportunity we had to do it, and I, I just think it was it was worth it in the end. And I, I actually I can't remember if my dad got the money back. But I think when the new owner bought us out, I think he gave everyone their thousand pound back. Sounds like you need to have a conversation to get your 500 quid back, mate. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to to this Saturday's game then. Now, every week I normally throw it to Danny here and say, right, who's the player to watch that you've picked out from the Portsmouth team, Danny? I've got a feeling he's not expecting me to do that this week. So I'm going to do it anyway and hope <laughs> that there's not a massive gap. No, no, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that it's John Marcus that... You pick out, score twice against us earlier in the season. We all know what he can do. We should never let him go. And at this level, he's just one of the most proven strikers you can have. So I think it was fairly straightforward this week. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you went straight for the obvious. I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah. happy with that. It's him or Lewis Ward. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go then. Right. Okay, fine. Um, talk to us about John Marquis then, Sam. I mean, we all love the pants off of the guy and as Daddy said we should never really let him go he's been a Portsmouth player now for well a number of seasons uh, after he signed uh, from Doncaster for you so what's your take on him is he still number one striker for you guys well it's funny you mentioned at the moment he he hasn't started the last two games but I'll just talk about John Marks in general um obviously he had a lot of loan spells he was at us as well before he he played for us before before he went to Doncaster, or it might have been before, he might have gone to you after he'd been to us. He was with us with one of his first learn spells. But he, the thing with John Marcus, which we all struggle with a little bit, is he doesn't really do much, but he does end up in the right spot every now and then. It will go in off his knee, it will go in off his his, his like backside sometimes. He, he doesn't seem like he's, he doesn't seem to be the clinical goal scorer that we thought we signed from Doncaster. But saying that, he's still, I think he's third behind uh, Charlie Wyke and Clark Harris in overall goal goal involvement this season. So you can't really argue with his record and you can't argue with his record at Doncaster. But it doesn't seem like, even this season, he scored, I think it's 14, 15 goals. It doesn't seem like we still have that player who was, he, he scored so many goals against us uh, when he played for Doncaster. We, we doesn't seem like we've got that John Marquis yet. And... I think it's a good argument. We had Brett Pittman last year. I think it's a very strong argument to suggest that Brett Pittman is a better finisher than John Marquis. You just John Marquis just has a knack of being in the right spot at the right time, especially in the box. He's got very good movement, and that does bail him out a lot of the time. Whereas if you if you if you told me there's a one on one with the keeper, who do you want? Who do you want to take it? Brett Pittman or John Marquis? Is Brett Pittman? probably 10 times mm. out of 10. But the movement from John Marquis in, in and around the area is just quite canny. It's quite smart and he just gets himself in the right areas. He also works very hard for the team, mm. uh, which he, which Pittman didn't. And 
and Marquis does do that. He's a nuisance. He doesn't necessarily win a lot of balls in the air, uh, not compared to Ellis Harrison, who's probably our best header of the ball, and he wins a lot of stuff, especially against the two centre-halves. Whereas Marquis is more of a nuisance. He, he kind of picks up positions you don't necessarily, where defenders just haven't seen him. And, and in the box, it's where he's his most kind of deadly. He, that's where he does most of his work. He hasn't really scored any goals where you've gone, wow, he's taken on three players and then bent it in the top corner. I think he's only done that. He did that once against Lincoln away this season. But the majority of his goals come inside the box. He's just smart of his movement. He's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. But we just haven't seen that kind of that player that Doncaster had that just took games by the scruff of the neck. And, you know, if, Don, if Marquis is on form, you know, the other team don't really stand a chance. So yeah, but yeah, again, he's been he's been good this season. He's got a good record this season, and he got a goal. He got a goal yesterday as well. So he's kind of he's just had a little dip in form in the middle of the season. He was red hot at the start of the season. I think he was the top goal scorer, um, but he's had a dip in form. His goals tend to come in like in little spouts, if you like. He'll score he'll score five or six in like four or five games, and then he'll go on a drought, and then he'll do it again. So hopefully that goal on Tuesday just kind of reignites him. And he can add to that on Saturday. Okay. Well, look, let's go and get some predictions for this Saturday's game then. I'm going to start off and I'm going to start off by going really positive. And and the reason is, is that I was rock bottom after Saturday. We then win on Tuesday. We're going to, we're not going to lose a game from now until the end of the season. I've decided, Danny. So... We're staying up, and we're gonna we're gonna come out of this game. We're gonna win two one. We're gonna win two one. Ryan Watson's gonna get another brace, <laughs> and it's just gonna be mayhem. Come the full time whistle, it's gonna be brilliant. Danny, bring me back to reality. <laughs> oh dear. It's all about it's, it's all about consistency on our side of things. I think in that doing it once is great. Doing it again. I think if we get a draw, it would actually be a decent result on Saturday um, because I think we've just got to come out and show that we can do it more than once in a row. If we just come out and collapse again, if, if we concede the first goal, I think we might be in a little bit of trouble. Um, but if we come out all guns blazing again and try and stand up to them and get that early goal ourselves and put that little doubt in their minds, I think there's every chance we come out of it with something. Um, I'm going to go 1-1. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan Edmondson getting his first goal. Oh, is 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 getting there slowly, but he's getting there. I think. I, I just don't see him as a goal scorer. I, I think he's played well in the last couple of games. I just don't see him as a goal scorer. No, I don't think he is, but I th- I th- I've got a feeling this weekend. Fair enough. Okay, the- Sam. The uh, the last word is for you, my friend. <laughs> um, I, I do think the first goal is kind of crucial in this one. Uh, Pompey haven't won a game from behind in nearly two years, so. If you lot get the first goal, I think it's going to be a real uphill battle for us. I heard you mention earlier that you're trying to be a bit more expansive in your play, um, mm. and that could suit Pompey because one thing we are good at, especially under jacket, is pressing from the front, winning the ball high up the pitch, preying on mistakes really. Um, and if that, if you come out and maybe try a little play a little bit more, because like you did at Fratton Park, then it may end up being a little bit easier for us. Also, Paul Jacket has a very a knack of getting himself out of jail at, when he needs to, and he needs to win this game badly for himself. If he doesn't get anything out of this game, the pressure really is on him, and he always seems to worm his way out of it. 
So I've got a feeling that he is going to do that. And I feel like our quality might just be a little bit too much, maybe especially in the wide areas. I think Brandon Curtis has been very, very lively the last few games. And Harness has had a few nice touches as well. So I'm going to go for 1-0 Pompey, but I'm not going to, I don't think we're going to deserve it. I just think that Jacket needs to win so badly and maybe our quality is just going to shine for a little bit too much, but it's going to be a tough game. And the first goal, as I said, is crucial because if you get it, I can't see us coming from behind to win. Well, there you go. That's that's it. That's all we need to do then is get that first goal. So if we if we carry <laughs> yeah, on doing get... what we've done in a few games under Brady, we'll score in the first minute and then it'll be backs to the wall for 90-odd. <laughs> You take anything that comes like that, don't you? That is, I, I was expecting us to be sat here and being completely devastated and out of it completely, but we've got that little little glimmer of hope now, haven't we? It's dangerous sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? I mean, let's be fair. You know, reality has lost all meaning, I think, after Tuesday night. There, who'd have thought that I'd be predicting a win against Portsmouth <laughs> two weeks ago? Hey? Absolutely. Well, look, Sam, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on, and good luck for the rest of the season, albeit not this Saturday. Um, in a couple of weeks, you've got posh, so go and smash them, will you, for us? That would be <laughs> we'll lovely. try. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having uh, me. And thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, mate. Thanks very much for you, Danny, being here. It's always a pleasure. It's nice because I missed you on Tuesday. So thank you very much. <laughs> it's uh, good. good for, yeah, cheers, for, uh, you know. cheers, Sam, as well. That's great. No worries, guys. Right. Brilliant. Thank you very much uh, for you to listening. And uh, we will be back on Tuesday. Don't forget, go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you want to do that. And you can support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. We will see you on Tuesday, where hopefully I will still be this happy. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. I'm Tom Cliff, Cobblers fan and proud owner of Track NN and Cafe Track. Track NN is a social enterprise set up in 2018 to support autistic people to access employment through training, support services and creating opportunities. Research showed that just 16% of autistic adults were in full-time employment and this is something which we are going to change. We opened our cafe on the Market Square in Northampton in January 2019 as a place where individuals could work and develop their employability skills and also be a place where people were free to be themselves. Since opening the cafe in January 2019, we have supported 36 people into paid employment and created over 75 work experience placements and visits for individuals. Since the coronavirus outbreak, we've not been able to open Cafe Track to its full capacity and we've instead taken our offering online. You can help support us by buying coffee virtually at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Your money goes to helping us to continue to create opportunities for autistic adults to gain employment. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. 
By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.